Hello, everyone. We are back again on our regular allotted time schedule. Uh, we'll just give the disclaimer right off the bat here. If you hear some crinkling in the background, no, your headphones are not going. It is not a poor uh, connection to whatever device or system you're listening to this on. There's just someone, someone, <laughs> and by someone I mean Megan, in the living room stuffing empty Johnny Pops wrappers as part of a work project. So these are the joys of living in a one-bedroom apartment. Uh, but God bless her. She's working her ass off, working overtime for this company, uh, working hard. Working hard or hardly working, am I right? <laughs> late into, into the wee hours of the night. Uh, so, yes, if you hear a little bit of crinkling in the background, uh, I apologize. It'll only be for one episode. Uh, but we're back on our normal allotted time. I've, it feels great to be back. Um, I'm glad you made it. I'm assuming, once again, you don't have an ad read. The ad, the ad well has run dry. It's dried up. Well, with that... All I'm going to say is it is Pippa's second birthday today. I'm going to give her a shout out on the podcast. Happy birthday, Pips. She doesn't seem to care whatsoever. She has been spoiled today. Treats, a happy birthday cookie. We took her to the dog park. Uh, it's been quite the birthday. She is. She is. Her eyes are closing quickly over here. Yeah, I think she's a little someone's, tired from all the playing. Someone's tuckered the, out. I, think, I don't know if she's tired from playing at the dog park or defending the apartment against you when you walked in. So. That was some loud barking. Yeah, that was aggressive. But if you don't have anything else, happy birthday, Pippa. We won't even sing happy birthday because you'll probably just not appreciate it. So with that, let's hit the actual music. Like I said, it is Pippa's second birthday. Uh, we actually took her tonight to uh, what is called Unleashed Hops and Hounds. Maybe they should have been the one to sponsor us. Like they should have been the ones to give us. I had never heard of it until you said it. So, there so you basically, go. You got one if, more customer. You, if you live in the Minneapolis area, it's um, right by where the Minneapolis Farmers Market is, right under the uh, 94 Bridge overpass type thing. You, oh, where all the homeless people are. Yeah, basically. Yeah. So uh, not the great greatest area, but uh, it's also you know getting colder so maybe it'll be less populated down there for lack of a better term but anyways it is basically uh it's basically just an indoor slash outdoor dog park that also has booze and food so it's like a brewery where your dog can go run around and so uh, i would highly recommend if anyone is interested going to check it out uh i i don't know if ricky would join i mean cats Do they allow cats i don't think they allow cats I don't know that a cat would really get along with the vibe of the... Uh, I will say, lately when we open the door, Ricky darts out the door. He's try- I think he's trying to escape. Really? Yeah. I had to grab him trying from to, outside. Trying, trying to, uh, you know, get out of the grasp of the 3621 uh, uh, living establishment. She's I think, not, he, she's not I think feeling he's, it. He's think not he re- feeling it, excuse me. I think he realizes that the co- it's the COVID zone now. Oh, yeah. So, well, let's just start there. So, COVID, I'm just going to say it. Maybe maybe it's a curse of me not living there anymore because when I was there, COVID had struck a total of zero times. I've moved out. 
It's now two for three. It's now the big C zone. Yeah, uh, roommate, third roommate Kaja has uh, d- been diagnosed with COVID. She's doing well. Prayers up. Uh, I'm I'm immune from her, so I've been the one taking care of her. Um, she asked me for colored pencils and sharpies tonight. So I don't know if she's making a sign or I don't know what she's doing, but I think she's officially lost her COVID name. free zone. Yeah, that's maybe that's, that's what, what it was. So. Well, you know, it seems like. Well, first of all. Shout out to Kaja. We hope you're doing all right. Uh, sounds like she's doing okay. Yes, she sounds she, like it's not hitting her as hard as it hit you. She, she, I'm pretty sure she was hitting the heavy bottle of wine last night, so I think it's just fine. Okay, that's yep. that's that's good to know then. Uh, speaking of the Rona, I might as well just get into it. Last week, I was in Boston. Uh, had a great time. Had an absolute blast. Any hiccups with the uh, corona tests? Or so were you all good that, to go? that is exactly what I'm going to get into. I'll tell you this much. Uh, Massachusetts quite different than both Minnesota and the rest of the country when it comes to the Rona. So first of all, I mentioned on the last podcast, uh, we had to provide, we were told within 72 hours of arriving, you needed to provide a negative COVID test. You also needed to fill out uh, some sort of um, travel form saying that you did so. Um, basically giving them information so that they could confirm or deny that, you know, you'd followed the requirements they have. Uh, we got off the plane at Logan airport, in Massachusetts, not a single person in sight asking about our travel form, about our negative COVID test. We never had to produce it once. Basically, I don't know if they're just trying to scare people into doing it or what their deal is, but we did not, it, it never came up again the entire trip. Did not need to, excuse me, provide the test. Did not need to provide the results. Did not even need to confirm that that was the case. So I get that it's a good system. I mentioned it last week. Everyone should be doing this. But at the same time, uh, if you're not going to enforce it, I don't understand the point of it. So that's part one. We get to the airport. No one seemed to care. Uh, Also, quick little side note. If airports could be like this moving forward, where there is no security and you can get through the line, I shouldn't say no security, no line for security. We were through, we were through at the MSP airport, terminal one. We were through after walking through the front door with checking our bags and going through security in 10 minutes. So, so the time crunch was not not an issue. Not an issue whatsoever. We had enough time to get a airport beer. That's st- normally our our terminal two. Yeah, uh, experience. We're, we usually walk right. We could terminal two when we go to, when we fly southwest. We could show up ten minutes before the flight and we'd make it. Just and I fine. and I mean Thursday a Thursday at like seven fifteen in the morning. I mean pre COVID times. That's probably pretty busy. I mean I'm assuming a lot of people are traveling. You know, especially for the getting weekend. colder here. People are leaving the city. Yeah, and so we were through in 10 minutes. So that's the one thing. I mean, on the way back, we legitimately were the only people in line to check our bags and the only people in security. We were through in five minutes. So I will say COVID sucks. If somehow travel is like this for like the next couple of years moving forward, if people are like concerned about it, I'm all for it. Because being able to get through, uh, I saw a, a... disgruntled face from the living room. I don't mean I hope COVID is sticking around. I'm hoping the ability to travel uh, at the blink of an eye is still around. But regardless, so the other thing that's wild about Massachusetts, there's there's actually two things. One, in Massachusetts, it is not required 
to wear a mask at all times. However, everyone wears a mask at all times. Indoors, outdoors, walking through the park, everyone has their mask on. And while it's not enforced by law, you know, it's almost like a shame type of thing. Well, like they're if, even the outdoor wears. Everyone was an outdoor wearer. You, you were in the minority if you did not wear your mask were outside. Were you getting just dirty looks? Well, we, we complied with it because okay. we're like, hey, we, you know what? It doesn't bother me that much. We might as well. Ian, mysterious third roommate, Ian had just purchased me a brand new Arsenal mask. So I was like, I got to show this off this weekend. But everyone wears them outdoors indoors obviously once you get indoors and you're at like a restaurant at a table just yeah. like here you can take it off or whatever but yeah we walked through the the park right next to us every day there and people mask on doesn't matter if you're within six feet of people or not so masks on at all times basically in massachusetts so that's wild the more wild thing is and you i do not think would like this it was kind of a pain in the ass when it comes to uh the finances of a trip so, if you want to get a drink at an establishment in Massachusetts right now, you have to also buy something off their food menu. <laughs> I mean, come on. We, the first day, we went to a place called Democracy Brewing. Great little brewery. Very, very cool vibe. Super good beers. But we were told when we were there, like, hey, it's a Massachusetts law. If you're going to order a drink, you have to get food. So all these places have like their cheapest side order of fries for like two bucks and you just throw it on the order. But so we asked about it. We asked one of our Uber drivers. So like, hey, we've never heard of this before. We thought for a little bit that maybe our our bartender at the original brewery was just BSing us. Like, hey, we can swindle these out out of town. You got to order this $35 steak. Yeah, you can can swindle these out of towners for some extra money. But um, no, apparently they passed a law in Massachusetts that says if you're going to order drinks and it doesn't matter if it's a restaurant, doesn't matter if it's uh doesn't matter if it's a brewery, doesn't matter what the situation. We went to a small little Greek cafe to get like uh I got a bloody mary, Megan got a mimosa, uh hold the orange juice and you we had to order Greek sausage. Like we had to order something out the food mess. So that's the other crazy thing. If you want to get a drink in Boston right now, you have to get food with it. And they said, basically, the reason for it is, is that you can't have a true bar scene if you need to order food with your drink. You know, like, like, it more, seems like more of a discouraging. We're thing. not going to have a basement bar situation where people are, you know, dancing their faces off while they're also having to inhale Cheese a, curds a in one hand. Yeah, cheese yeah. curds in one hand, a, a VRB in the other. Now, I will say, uh, we stumbled upon right across from our hotel. First of all, our hotel, amazing view. 21st floor, full, like, basically windows from floor to ceiling. Very cool. Uh, the toilet, absolutely terrible, but that's a whole other story. Oh, nothing, two, two worst hotel things, bad toilet, bad water pressure in the shower. And these two combined together. Oh, it was no. the poor water pressure oh, no. in the toilet. The shower was nice. I had like the uh, rainfall shower head. Or the, oh, okay. So that was cool. But So super cool view. But we happened to stumble upon a place called The Tam right next to our hotel. The diviest of dive bars. Ooh. Absolute dump. We were there all three nights. 
it was so great. Their little skirt around for having to provide food was a free bucket of popcorn. I was for throw some peanuts at your table. The Tam, A plus in my book. If you ever go to Massachusetts, I'm not telling you like it's some fancy place, some famous place, anything like that. If you ever go to Massachusetts and you're staying in Boston, go to the Tam. We had so much fun there. We might have kept the TAM in business for an extra few months with our tabs the three nights we were there because we went there every single night and we're just ordering drinks on drinks on drinks. So uh, overall, Boston, A-plus trip. I would highly recommend going there. Fenway, super cool. Super cool. And you I could was do happy a tour. to see that you were able to experience that a little bit. Yeah. Uh, Fenway, you could not go in and do a tour or anything. I sent you a picture. Yep. We got to eat at the restaurant slash bar that is right like inside the stadium. You're basically sitting under the bleachers in like, right center field. Super cool. So I at least got to like get some pictures of Fenway. Uh, after that, we went to Harvard incredible campus i mean I, I would love to go there i would never get in but super sweet campus uh we did have a slight run in for those of you that are fans of starbucks i have bad news according to uh a gentleman in boston massachusetts the starbucks in harvard square is racist oh because they kicked him out mark that one off the list however i think it was more to him being homeless and camping ah. out in said Starbucks. So don't be alarmed if you like Starbucks. I will not judge you. But just know that the the Starbucks in Harvard Square is now labeled as a racist Starbucks. So that is a recap of the, the Massachusetts, the Boston trip. I had a blast. Uh, once again, I felt pretty safe traveling. I will say we did run into Megan's parents at the airport. They also had a family uh, gathering. They had to... Uh, that they went to, I shouldn't say had to, went to. Uh, they flew United. Uh, apparently, United is not doing the Delta thing where you have aisle, window, aisle, window. They're just packing them in like sardines. So if you can avoid flying United, do so. Because I, I can't even tell you how much anxiety and how uncomfortable I'd feel if I was sitting right next to some if random some, if person. If some fat guy sat next to me who was breathing heavily, I would not be pleased. In these times, on an airplane right next to someone you don't know, I mean, I even feel a little bit uncomfortable sitting with a seat in between. Like the individual, some woman I was sitting next to on the way home, she she kept doing the, um, trying to throw the trash away when they walked by with the trash, and they mm-hmm. kept missing her because they were moving too fast. And so like, one of the final times they came through, I knew she was trying to just like, they kind of gave her a tap, and then we had like the awkward like, do I touch her like yeah. dirty water bottle? Do I let her throw? I, I can't imagine being packed in, you know, just three B- to a breathing row, breathing on everybody. So if you have to travel or want to travel, I mean, I would say if you want to travel, don't feel, don't feel discouraged to do so. I mean, you still got to live your life. I know that the coronavirus is a thing. We'll probably talk about it uh, at the end of this. I know it's a big deal, but also, you know, as long as you're smart, as long as you're safe. You can definitely do it. I mean, I know Megan and I felt super safe. It, it helps that Massachusetts is obviously very uh, cognizant of the, the coronavirus, but uh, it was a great time. Well, I'll get a, my uh, my creators are uh, traveling on Saturday morning to Arizona for their winter uh, home, and so I will get a full report back on how South, Southwest Airlines is handling the uh, traveling during the COVID era. So that is good to know because we have a, a, a Southwest travel credit that is burning a hole in our pockets. It is burning a major hole in our pockets, which so. we I do think plan to use in Denver in like four or five months. But if they're packing them in 
you know. Might have to re- rethink that one. Ten high. Uh, well, and Grant C is, you know, he's a big uh, scared COVID guy at the beginning, but he's lightened up a little bit. But uh, he, he'll be the first one to be like, that, that was a shit show. Yeah, so. absolutely. So here, where do we want to go from here? People don't care about my Boston trip. I'm glad I recapped what the coronavirus is like in another state, but that's enough about that. Do we want to go into Big Brother? Do we want to go into sports? I, I mean, mean, Big Brother, we can recap in about two minutes. Yeah, so basically, Big Brother... Uh, We're getting down to the nitty-gritty kind of knew We kind of knew it was going to happen. Uh, Tyler in Christmas tried to take a shot at Nicole. It failed normally. When that happens in Big Brother, you're, you're, you're going home. Yeah. Or you're getting put on when the When you block. don't have the numbers and you, you basically swing and miss, you're probably going home. And so they swung and missed. They were the two on the block. Uh, Tyler ends up getting sent home. Ultimately, I think that is the right call. That is 100% nothing, the right that call. That is nothing against Christmas because Christmas is actually a pretty good competitor. Tyler, but as they talked about in uh, last night's episode or Wednesday night's episode, whenever you're listening to this, Tyler has the jury. Christmas does not have the jury. Exactly. You do not it, want to go up against Tyler. He he would win. Christmas Christmas and Nicole have literally pissed off everybody on the jury. So if it, there might be some people that just refuse to vote if they were the final two. So Tyler goes home. Uh, the next head of household. Do you remember off the top of your head what the competition was? Uh, yeah. Was oh, it was the the balancing of the yeah. You have to yeah. You have to ba- balance. Basically, you have to bring a ball on a, like a like a, oh, it's like a teeter totter almost. You have to bring a ball and put it into the basket on the end. But when you when you walk back to your home base kind of thing, it teeters. And if your ball falls out of the little carrier, any ball. yep. And if any ball falls out of the little carrier, you're out, you have to restart and you have to do it 20, basically with 25 balls. They're all different sizes. And Christmas, I think she was on her last ball. I yep. think she fucked up. So Christmas was on her last ball. She screwed up. Memphis was on his last ball or second to last ball. And he screwed up. And so they both had to restart and Nicole ends up winning head of household. Now here's where I'm torn. Because Nicole was more or less gifted head of household because two people were significantly ahead of her and then kind of just screwed the pooch, for lack of a better term. However, that's part of the competition. That's why it's so tough because you're balancing on a teeter-totter. Those balls can fall out. So she did win. And I remember last week I was getting frustrated with Nicole because I was like, you know, you're acting like, you know, you're some big shot in the house. You haven't won a single thing. She had not won anything yet, but she goes on to win head of household. She nominates the two people she beat out, Christmas and Memphis. And then we'll just get into it on the veto. She also wins the veto, which I will say BB Comics is one of my favorite. It's one another one of those recurring competitions. That's one of my favorites as well. It, it was also interesting to see how... You know, they're all on a level playing field. They all knew this was coming. Uh, Nicole had, you know, it was like 11 minutes. I think Cody was second, like 16. Memphis is like 31. So either he clearly just didn't know a good strategy or he just was doing it wrong. Well, I like, mean. He got tripled up. That's just terrible. We love we love Enzo, the meow meow. But yeah. he basically was like, I'm just going to randomly throw him up there and hope it works. And that's just he a had dog like eight. Shit. He had half of them wrong. I mean, I'd, I'm, not, I'm not a math guy, but getting 16 comics right with a 50% chance for all of them, that's got to be astronomical odds. I think he legitimately thought when he hit that buzzer, he was going to be like, get the ding, ding, ding. He'd be like, oh, wow, that was cool. Wow, I did it in two yeah, minutes. I yeah. don't know how. So uh, Nicole won the head of household, won the veto, obviously did not change nominations. Now, I will say, um, 
Christmas was making a pretty compelling argument to backdoor Cody because Cody is clearly the best competitor left in the house. Enzo hasn't won much. Memphis has won a few. Nicole's hardly won. Christmas has hardly won. Cody, obviously, is just dominating. So part of the conversation was, should we or should you consider backdooring Cody? Now, she ended up not. I think think she also had a compelling argument about the girls going to the final. And usually when you go to the final, unfortunately, when you go to the final against a guy who's won a lot of competitions, you probably have no chance of winning. That's that's happened a lot. I will say for any of the new individuals to Big Brother, the way it works is once we get to the final two, this jury house we keep speaking of, those individuals essentially vote on which of the two people they would like to win. So it's Nicole and Enzo. They asked jury member number one, like Bailey, who who would you vote for? <laughs> oh, contraire. Bailey didn't make the jury. Oh, she don't, didn't make Don't the jury. give her that credit. I I digress. But basically, the jury house picks the winner by voting who they... And, and, and it could be a personal thing. It could be whoever you thought played the game best. I think in traditional Big Brother lore, it's more who you thought played the best game, not so much the social or personal aspect of it. I think most people that are on Big Brother kind of understand, like, hey, no hard feelings type of thing. This Espe- person especially on an game. all-star season yeah. when people kind of realize that, you know, you can't really hold grudges the whole season. Like an Ian, Ian's not going to be like, you voted me out, so I'm not voting for you. He'll be like, this person played the best game, right. basically. So basically right now as it stands, we have not watched tonight's episode – um, I, so basically we are at Memphis and Christmas are the two on the block. Yep. You have Cody and Enzo are the two voting. Nicole doesn't get to vote because she's the head of household. I personally, I personally, if I were Cody and Enzo, even though Memphis is a stronger competitor, I would keep him in the house because Memphis has made an alliance with Cody and Enzo to go to the final three. Now he also made a final three alliance with Enzo and Christmas, but if Christmas goes home, that alliance is shut down. So then presumably unless cause cause can Nicole play head of household this week? When it gets down to four, can you repeat nope, play? You can play at three. You can't play at four. So basically, one of the people of their alliance is going to win the head of household. Obviously, someone from the alliance is going to have to go up. But if you trust your alliance, the three of you are moving on. So I personally, even though I think Memphis is a better competitor, Christmas is no slouch either. So it's not like you're sending home someone that is worthless in competitions and keeping someone that's a beast. I mean, they both have one competition. I personally would keep Memphis. But I don't you know, know. What you do you ma- think? You make a good point, you. I, I, I think my rage and hatred for Memphis is kind of shining through. But Memphis, especially for Cody and Enzo, you know that he's going to take you guys to the final over Nicole. Right. So, basically, yeah, I think you're right. And Memphis doesn't really have any friends on the jury anyways. People, I mean, David hates him. I'm sure Davon hates him. Right. So, it's, you know... You make a really compelling point that if you take if you take him, they're all going to be gunning for Nicole. If Christmas is still there, it's kind of a two-on-two at right. that point. And not to mention, even if you have your doubts, if you're Cody and Enzo and you have your doubts about Memphis and where his allegiance is lying, what he's going to do in the event that you know he stays and whatever happens, you still have a 
two out of three chance of winning the head of household because Cody and Enzo have made it very clear that they're, you know, tied at the hip till the end. They're they're And and I truly believe that they are because Cody's Cody's first season, he was tied at the hip from it with a Derek who won that year from day one, like he was with Enzo, and they took each other to the final. Yeah. So and I, I highly I, I don't think Cody would, would go against that so i th- if it's up to cody or enzo i think they will take each other 100 percent. so at this point i find it really tough to see a scenario where nicole wins because i don't think nicole she's is gonna have to win out type deal she's but, she, have to but, put the, th- but the thing is she can't play in the next head of household so unless it'd be a veto thing so so unless christmas stays tonight and christmas and nicole start working together or Nicole gets put up and then wins the veto, I don't see how she stays. And so it'll be very interesting to see how it plays out. I mean, this is this is when Big Brother gets super interesting because the numbers are so few and the alliances are getting peeled off that you, I mean, you basically just, you got to do what's best for your game. You know, that's, that's what Cody said the last episode. He said, I know Nicole wants, she's head of household. We're good friends. She wants Memphis gone, but... It really Basically doesn't. It really, it really doesn't benefit him fully, unless you think that Memphis is that much better at Christmas than in competitions. Which I don't know if that's necessarily true, but you know, I don't know. I we'll guess. See. I guess. With with it being so few people left, if you truly believe in yourself that you can just win every competition, I mean, I guess just pick off people that you think you can beat in the final. Right, because at the same time, even if you do get put up and you win the veto, you take yourself off. Correct. I mean, I think it's a lot more. It's a lot, of, like I said, it's a lot of jury play at this point because you almost want to keep the Nicoles and the Christmases at the same time because the jury hates them. And I think if Cody goes to the end at this point, I think he has it locked down. Mm-hmm. I, people like him. Danny likes him, and he's played a really good game. And he's won a shit ton of competitions. Also, I did have a little bit of a soft spot last episode for him. I, I. Oh, with his girlfriend. He mentioned his girlfriend yeah. had gotten diagnosed with cancer, so you know. obviously that's a tough decision for him to decide to like go on the show with all that going. I mean, I don't think, I think it was recent, but not like at the time he left, but type of thing. But you know, I've, I've, I've made my comments about Cody that I, I'm not the biggest fan of him. I think he can kind of be a D bag. Maybe he could spend this, his prize money on getting his tattoos removed, (laughs) but good for him. He seems like a good enough dude. At this point, whoever wins, wins. I, 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 had my favorites. I mean, Tyler was my preference to win it all, and he's gone. So now it's, it is what it is. Um, that said, obviously Big Brother is coming to an end. However, I know probably a total three or four of you out there still come to this podcast for our reality TV takes. And I'll tell you this much: as soon as Big Brother is over, we're probably going to shift right into the Bachelorette. Ooh, because. You got me into it. Uh, I've been watching it all of one episode with Megan. They are hyping it up as the most dramatic season yet. They do that every year. I mean, it's there's already drama that uh, the Bachelorette Claire is obsessed with some dude after night one. She said already that she thought she met her husband on the first night. So they, just a spoiler alert: they had they had already met before the show too. So. They had met. Yep. Oh well. So this season might be a farce, but regardless, 
when we run out of Big Brother to talk about, I'm sure we'll recap the Bachelorette. Rolling into the Bachelorette. Because, you know what? People, I think, appreciate our regular person takes on reality TV shows. They're, it's an interesting show. It's an interesting concept. It's a very interesting group of people. I'll tell you that right now. Uh, I already have people. What is that face for? The Bachelorette. I don't like some of these guys. We have a Pippa update. She is PTFO. Happy oh, Nope, I just opened. Happy birthday, Pips. Uh so yes, don't worry if you come to this podcast for your reality TV fix. It never ends. It will still be here. So that is all we have for Big Brother. I'm excited to watch tonight's episode. Uh I don't know who's going to go home. I guess we'll find out here and You want to hit me with a timestamp here. Uh we are at 28 45. All right. So that is the Big Brother timestamp. For those of you that normally like to tune out at this time, this is our sports. Sports. I hope people appreciate the time I've been putting into those massive timestamps on on the recaps. Live on the podcast here, I've been meaning to tell you, um, moving forward, I am no longer going to upload the episodes because you do a much better job of giving the summarization, the podcast description of I the I figure, episode. you know, we got my mom out here who really doesn't care about the Vikings. We got people over here that doesn't give a fuck about Big Brother. Might as well just give them their 20-minute span where they can listen and be out. And if you listen to it at two times, and it only takes 10 minutes. There you go. And like I said, I did the updates for a while. I did not provide timestamps. I've read the podcast episode descriptions the last couple of weeks. Newsflash, we both listen to our own podcast when it comes up because we want to make sure the sound quality is good because we don't we don't run this back before we release it. We're just like, I'm sure it's good. Is there some crinkling in the background? Absolutely, but whatever. If, we'll just- if, if, bad, if dirty looks could be on the pod, there would be some dirty looks tonight appearing on that pod. But you have done a great job of uploading and providing a description and so uh, you're going to continue to do so. And I hope you don't mind that I've given that role to you live on it. Oh, that's totally fine. I'm, I'm all for it, man. So we are going to sports. Uh, we'll start with the Vikings. I mean, we almost had to eat a lot of crow this week. We were on the verge of looking like uh, total buffoons, for lack of a better term. Uh, the Vikings went into Seattle, played... I'm I'm not even exaggerating. Question for you. Would you say the first half against Seattle last Sunday night mm-hmm. was the best half of football we had played since the first half against the Saints in the playoffs last year? Uh, that is was the exact game I was going to say. It, it's the best football I've seen this year by far. It's yeah, it's I would say it's the most complete half we've had. Since, yeah, last year against the Saints in the playoffs when we beat them. The Vikings looked incredible. And you know what? This is what sucks ass about being a Vikings fan. They were pulling me in. Oh, I was fully in. I was fully in. I had just gotten back from a long day of travel. I was folding laundry, making dinner. I was doing all this jazz around the house. And I was fully locked into the game. I was up. I normally... Behind the curtain, that is the first Sunday night football game I've watched to the end this year. Oh, they go so long. Most Sunday it's night like football games. It's like 10.45 by the yeah. time they're over. I'm already in bed. 
Are we old? Sure. But most Sunday night football games, I am out by the time halfway through the third quarter rolls around. I was all for watching the whole game. It was. It, it's basically the Viking season in a nutshell. We look really good at times. We had a short stretch where we looked horrific. I mean, we gave up 21 points in a span of, like, what, three minutes? It was an interception. It was a touchdown, then yep. an interception and a touchdown. And then it must have been a quick three and out, right? I, I don't remember the exact situation, but they basically scored, like, Touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. And immediately went from like 13 nothing to 21 I mean, that's almost a turn-the-game-off moment right there. And so, and Twitter had an absolute meltdown. People were freaking out. They're like, this is the Vikings we know and love. And then even then, so I guess we might as well get to it. What did you think of the Vikings going forward on fourth down? 100% the right decision. I, I agree. I, if you, we're not, we didn't, like Zimmer said, we don't roll into Seattle with no fans and I hate I hate to say this, but your boy Chris Collinsworth actually made a really good point. I think if there was fans there, we probably kicked the field goal because obviously you're, you're you're not gonna be able to hear on a fourth down play. You might get a false start, whatever. You go for the fucking win. That it was a great play. Madison just didn't bump it outside, and we had been running all over them I, that down. I was just we going were to averaging s- what nine yards a carry. I was on that just drive. going to say our run game was cruising. I do not hate the decision at all. Did it work it on our? out in our favor no but at the same time I, i'm not upset about it at all i agree i you go think- for the win if you go for that play that is the only if you convert that that is the only way russell wilson does not get the ball back he gets the ball back if we kick a field goal and you have any doubt in your mind that he would have driven the whole field they would have scored and probably got the two-point conversion that's what russell wilson does and you know what the other thing is too is no matter how good of a quarterback you are and don't get me wrong i mean like after watching that game, Russell Wilson, I fucking hate Russell Wilson. I hate him so much. I think he's such a square. He's such a clown. But I also cannot deny it's it's kind of like the LeBron thing. I it's do not Aaron Rodgers to a degree too. I do not like LeBron, but I also recognize that he is like one of the best basketball players of all time. I do not like Russell Wilson. I mean, he's playing like the best quarterback in the NFL right now. Uh and so even though he is playing on that extremely elite level. Even if you don't get that first down, you're still asking him to drive 94 yards, 94 yards or whatever it is. So like, I ultimately think it was the right call. You know, if he kicks the field goal, if he, this is the shitty thing about being an NFL coach. If he kicks the field goal there, and the Seahawks score a touchdown, convert the two-point conversion, and then win in overtime, which I get. It's like step one, step two, step three. I know there's a lot of things going on there. If they do, then everyone's asking, well, why didn't he just go for it and close the game out there? So, like, you're in a can't-win situation, and you're in a winning proposition if you execute. So, to me, I think it was the right call, but now your Minnesota Vikings are one and four, um, I saw a report either today or the day before that Daniil Hunter is being advised to sit out the whole year. I mean, at this point, you have the Bears, who are the flimsiest 4-1 team of all time. I mean, I know we have some Bears fans that listen to the podcast. I mean, shout out Davey Page views. I hope that guy's enjoying Chicago's 4-1 record because I don't think it's going to last. Shout out. 
Jake Dockendorf, excuse me, Jake D of Plymouth, Minnesota, uh, who, by the way, growing a pretty disgusting mustache. Oh, really? Days. I haven't seen him. He's growing a pretty disgusting mustache. Uh, he also is newly off the market. Women of Minneapolis weep. But his significant other is like supporting. Wait, so is she growing a mustache too? She is not growing a mustache oh. as well. But I mean, he's gone as far as dying it. But whatever. This is this is not mustache hour. This is this is NFL talk. Uh, the Bears are four and one. The Packers are five and zero. Oh. At this point of the season, really all we have to root for is against the Packers. I, I just can't have the Packers winning the Super Bowl because I hate them so much. The Vikings, unfortunately, I guess maybe not unfortunate. I mean, maybe the Falcons get a new coach bounce this week and they're somehow upset us and we go to one and five. I mean... The difference between one and five and two and four really doesn't make a difference. To and me. that's the worst part is that you win in Seattle, you have so much momentum. You probably crush the Falcons. You have a home. You're rolling into a bye. Dalvin's coming back. I we're mean, three that, and three. Which three, three speaking three. of quick quick editing note, we were wrong last week. We were saying the Packers game is before the Falcons game. It, yeah, we we're on the right track. The Packers are after the bye. Whatever. Correct. I think if you win in Seattle and then you beat Atlanta, you go into the bye three and three. I think that's maybe a, hey, Daniel maybe should maybe come back this year. I don't think that dude's coming back now. He doesn't. Have, he has nothing to play for. Three and three into the bye is so much better than two and four. And plus, if you go, you go into a Packer game where they're not going to have fans. So you and I mean, like you said, they've been playing really well. But we have a lot, we'd have a lot of momentum. We've been playing really well. You never know what happens if you can. I mean, then that's what happens. Is the Vikings roll? Or they they grab you in and then they absolutely break your heart. This this is the dilemma too. And we talked about this last week. Like. It sucks. It absolutely sucks rooting against your team. Like, I I want the Vikings to do well. I want the Vikings to win. I want the Vikings to be good. Life is so much more fun from a sporting perspective when the Vikings are good. Like, think how much fun the Minneapolis Miracle season was. Think how much fun last year was when they beat the Saints well, in the past. Football is such different, too, because obviously they only play 16 games, and they play once a week. You know, the Wolves or the Wild or the Twins play, you know, multiple times a week, so you can get over that game because they have one the next day. When the Vikings lose, it, like, it hits you till like, Wednesday. Yeah. And you're then you got to roll into the next game, and when you're one, what are we, one and four? One, one and five. four. One and four. I mean, you just can't really get up for a game with a one and four against an 0 oh and five team. Sorry. And so that's the thing. It's like, at what point do we start basically saying, yeah, like this isn't our season. We've had some injuries. We've had some opt-outs. we got a lot of young players and rookies. Like at what point do you just say, let's play for draft capital? And then next year, I mean, Kirk is not past his prime. You have Dalvin in his prime locked up. You have Adam Thielen, who's still performing at a high level. You have Justin Jefferson, who even though he had an off week last week, still looks like the real deal. And I think the reason he had an quote-unquote off week last week is because Seattle's run defense is porous as porous can be. Plus, Thielen had an awesome game, so it's kind of just a give and take with that right. at that point. And, you know, next next year you have Daniil coming back. You have Michael Pierce coming back. You have hopefully Ngakwe coming back. You have all these fresh corners with a whole year of experience or anything about, like, I hate that I'm looking forward to next year already, and I plus you have a first round pick rolling in too, right? Probably I, in the teens. And I hate that I'm projecting that the Vikings are going to be a good team next year, but like, 
if you get everyone healthy and playing and you have this experience from this young secondary, I don't see how we're not good next year. And obviously anything can happen, but I hate that I'm looking forward to next year five games in, but if it gets us a absolute playmaker and difference maker in the first round, then yeah, I'm here for it. I mean, like I said, you're already going up against two teams in our division that have a combined record of nine and one. I mean, it's just... It'd be foolish to think that this team, based on what you've seen this year, can go on a run and make the playoffs at this point. And it's even more frustrating because we've now lost two games by one point. So if both of those go in our direction, instead of one and four, you're three and two, and then you have the 0-5 Falcons coming to town, and you're looking at a potential 4-2 and record going to the bye. So that's how fragile the NFL can be year in and year out. And that's amazing when you look at it from that perspective that we're that close to 3-2, and but instead we're 1-4. and I think we also have to realize that next year had always been kind of my target year. Well, with the odds in the even years, which is just so weird. Zim has some weird thing where he's always better. Is on it? Odd. Is it? We talked about it. It's, is it, that it's, not it's, the case? It's every. It's every year too, and it's like I. I don't know how long it takes for uh, whatever to turn into a trend, but it's every even year he has a shitty year. Every odd year he has a great year. It's just so weird. So and I, obviously I, next year, twenty twenty one. What so. I am wondering, and so I had made comments a couple episodes ago or an episode ago about maybe people are figuring out Zimmer's defense. Maybe he's no longer like this innovative defensive mind that we thought he was but that's not true because I've seen stats and I don't have the exact stats but I've seen stats floating around on Twitter basically saying like Mike Zimmer's defensive play calling and scheme is like still top of the league now granted he's working with a lot less talent and proven talent than he has in the past but like his defense is still working so like I mean, we shut down Seattle for the most part of that game. You know, if Kirk doesn't throw a pick and have have it start in our territory, I mean, that's a huge plus for their offense. I, I thought we, I mean, we shut them down in the first half. And I mean, you can only contain Russell Wilson for so long. And I mean, look at the play that look at the plays that were made. They were both made against our rookie cornerback that's in his fifth career start. It's yeah. not exactly like we had Antoine Winfield out there, right? And so the Vikings. I mean, as sad as it as sad as it is to say five games in. It feels like a lost season. I mean, I really don't see this turning around in our favor anytime soon. I don't know about you. I mean, are you on the same page here that... I'm back on the losing bandwagon, unfortunately. They had me drawn in. That That's what sucks about the Vikings is you literally go to the other end of wanting them to win. I, I was heartbroken after the Seattle game. That That's the worst I felt about a game in years because... The Philadelphia playoff game, we were out by halftime. We sucked. The San Francisco half to, or, uh, San Francisco playoff game last year, we got crushed. Out by the first quarter. So it wasn't like we were really in, the, in those games ever. This was like the first game where it's like that absolutely crushed me in years because we, we were turning the corner. We looked really good. We never went in Seattle. I hate Russell Wilson. And we had it in our, in our grasp. And if Alexander Madison just finds the right hole, that's what she said. You just get the first down and win. God damn it. And like, it's like I said, we are – probably two or three plays away from instead of being one and four, being three and two with an 0 and five team coming to town. It's just, that's how competitive the NFL is. That's just how frustrating it can be. And so 
It is what it is right now. All we got to root for is the survivor pool, baby. It is what it is, and what is it? It's not what it's not. Or it is what it is, and it ain't what it, it ain't, ain't. What it ain't. So we got the survivor pool to root for. We have fantasy football uh, to root for, which people don't care about. But uh, not only that, but we have European football to root Foot- for. Football. The Premier League is back this weekend. For those of you unfamiliar with how soccer works, last weekend was an international break. Uh, So they need to play these games to qualify for the World Cup in the Euros, which um, sadly, RIP, I don't think our trip is happening next summer. But uh, we'll drink to that. Justin just basically downed his grapefruit hard seltzer in response to that. But the Premier League is back this weekend. There's actually some very good games. Um, 6.30 a.m. Saturday morning. I do not expect anyone to wake up for it, but if you can put the Premier League or this game on your DVR, I would absolutely watch it. It is the Merseyside Derby. Uh, It looks like it's spelled Derby, but they call it the Derby. It is basically Liverpool versus Everton. Liverpool, the defending champions of the league, Everton, current top of the table, have not lost a game yet this year. Hated rivals. They do not like each other. Liverpool has dominated Everton for years. I think this is actually going to be an amazing game. I am hoping to somehow watch it uh, either on tape delay or even if it's a good game and I know the result, I might watch it anyways because it is a battle of two absolute powerhouses. And then later that same day, At 11.30 a.m., the mighty Arsenal take on Manchester City at 11.30 a.m. So you have two really big matchups this weekend. Uh, Arsenal has not beaten Manchester City in the league in like nine straight games, so I'm expecting a loss, but maybe it's because we just talked about the Vikings and their ineptitude for 20 minutes, so I'm just still down in the dumps. But uh, I don't know if you are aware of this. You probably are since you're more of a soccer guy than me. I heard I was listening to a soccer pod today, and they said that there's been so much uproar about these games being on the uh, exclusive Peacock that they're thinking about moving them so everybody can watch them. First of all, you're listening to a soccer pod. I was listening to a podcast where they talked about soccer. I should have. What podcast is this? It's it, it's a uh, it's basically a pop culture podcast, but they just happened to t- actually at the end they're talking about the all or nothing Tottenham. Uh, show documentary. Yeah, and then they're then the guy the host said. It kind of sucks that all these games are on Peacock because if you want to grow the sport, why are you putting it on an app that really no one knows about and something you have to pay for? And he said there's so much uproar about it that they're thinking of moving it. So So it is interesting that you say that. So here is the big dilemma with watching the Premier League in the United States. So right now, in order to watch, as an Arsenal fan, in order to watch all of Arsenal's games, I need to have some sort of TV subscription. For us, it's YouTube TV. Yep. So luckily we split it, so it's like 20 bucks a month per person to figure that out. But then to watch certain competition games, it's $5 a month on ESPN Plus, and now it's $5 a month on you know, Peacock. So you're basically paying $30 a month to see all of your team's games relatively speaking. I mean, you can find illegal streams, not that I would condone that, but that's neither here nor there. However, there's a new thing that they're rolling out in London and in England where they're going to start putting games on pay-per-view and they're going to charge $15 a game. 
So if you want to watch your team play, and they're going to do it, they're going to do it on the big games of like when Arsenal's playing Tottenham or Arsenal's I mean, how playing many, Manchester how many United. Games, how many games are in a season? 38. That, that's a lot of money. They're going to have to roll out some kind of season pass or something. $15 a game. Absolutely. Out, I mean, like... Can, uh, can you I, imagine us with the Vikings? We'd have to do it. You'd have to. But you'd, it's just like, that's so much... We'd have to almost budget it. You'd have to have a watch party. Be like, all right, collecting $3 Yeah, it's the like door when you're doing the cups for like the kegs. Like, all right, Joe hasn't paid me. Go sit on the porch so you get me my five bucks. So anyways, there's there's... We were on a tangent there, but basically the complaint is that uh, you know Peacock is five dollars a month to watch the games, but at the same time, there's people in England that have to pay fifteen dollars a month or fifteen dollars a game if they want to get a pay per view game. So it is what it is. Um, the Premier League is back. I'm very glad. Unfortunately, we have another international international break in like three or four weeks. So again. Whenever it's an international break, the international breaks last two weeks, so you basically go a weekend without Premier League soccer. Uh, do you by chance know who Leicester has this weekend? No clue. I've been so busy trying to make sure my roommate doesn't die that I haven't really been on the Leicester train. You're a good roommate. I will say Leicester and Arsenal play next weekend. Uh, I have some ideas in mind already for the friendly bet. Percolating. Friend, friendly bet that we might have to do. Uh one of them, I will just say, involves um, the loser of said bet taking shots Ooh. live on the pod. So the other host is consistently just getting drunk over the course <laughs> of the, the podcast. I think that would be entertaining, but we will see. What we'll, Percolating was a good word. I will say I did add Lester to my ESPN alerts list of all my favorite teams. So now I know, and I'll know when they're playing, you know, get the updates and all that stuff. That's I'm, a big I'm move. T- I'm telling you move. right now, my friend, this is how it starts. Big move. I did it yesterday. This is how it starts. You, you, you buy a jersey, you start watching the games, you start learning the players. Before you know it, you are going to be a Lester Fox till you die. You are going to, you're going to. Speaking of, I know we had some contention in the fantasy football league, uh, and the contention is between your other fellow Lester Fox. Are things okay? We, uh, you need solidarity. I buried the lead on on that on the fo- on the phone call tonight. Let's just say there will be some discussion about that on Saturday because I was none too pleased about his decision. A little behind the scenes there, but that is the Premier League update. Uh, the last two things I got: Go for football comes back next Saturday. We will be having a Gopher preview pod and an interview with a current Gopher player next Thursday. Um, if you were bothered by the crinkling wrappers in the background, uh, we're going to be doing the interview over Skype next week. So who knows if we're even able to figure. We'll that see out. how the sound quality goes. Uh, I'm very excited for the Gopher season. I'm not very excited. I mean, appropriate way to describe. It. I'm pumped. So I can't wait. Uh, the last thing I have, sports-related, the Wolves still have the number one overall pick. They have not lost it. That's a joke. Obviously, you can't lose it, but the Wolves have the number one overall pick. There's a lot of steam picking up that we're going to take Lonzo Ball. LaMelo. LaMelo Ball. Not Lonzo Ball. Excuse me. He's in the NBA already. <laughs> LaMelo Ball. Um, that's the guy both of us were kind of asking for, but it sounds like we're getting him more as a trade chip, so I don't really know. I mean... The Wolves are a hapless franchise, and we got Gerson Rosas from the Rockets, and they just let their current GM go, and he stepped down. So, 
whatever. I mean, we'll see what happens with the Wolves. I, I At this point, I don't really care. Like, it's bad as it is to say for a team that has the number one overall pick and two all-stars on their team. I just don't care. The I mean, it's it's we talked about this earlier, but base, or a couple episodes ago, I should say, it's the most Minnesota sports thing of all time that we finally get the number one overall pick, and it's such a weak draft, and nobody wants to move up. Everybody wants to move down. There's literally one team that wants LaMelo Ball, and that's the Knicks, and Knicks have nothing to offer us. So we're just, in, we're just up shit's creek without a paddle at this point, so I don't know what we're, how we're going to do. Literally, it's basically until the Wolves prove otherwise, we just have to assume that they're going to do their worst. That's the best way to describe it. They, The Timberwolves in our lifetime have not done anything right besides drafting Kevin Garnett and drafting Carl Anthony Towns. Yeah, that's about it. Maybe trading for Sprewell, but that worked out for one But, I mean, even that, even that, we didn't even... Did we we kind of stumbled the, into that one. Have we? So the Wolves have never made the NBA Finals, correct? No, that was the Western Conference Finals. We lost to the Lakers, who won the title. So, so. like, the we are big basketball guys. Don't get us wrong. Like, I would love for the Triples to be good until they prove us wrong. We've just been beaten down so far into the ground that it's so hard to even get up for anything. One might say the Timberwolves lack power, but something that Ooh, does not. Nice transition. Something that does not is our power rankings last week, or this week. Last week... Sorry, I combined my two sentences there. Last week, Justin had mentioned absolute power move pulled on him at a restaurant that rhymes with funnies, maybe located off of 7 in St. Louis Park. Not not saying, just saying. They might have pull tabs. I, I, I'm not saying what it's called. just rhymes with funnies. That's all I'm going to say. Their mascot at the restaurant might be an animal to be determined. Anyways, this week's power rankings are the biggest power moves you can pull or you've seen pulled. Now, obviously, like, pulling off in, you know, uh, Lamborghini would be a huge power move as you, like, pull out of a parking lot. That's kind of an unspoken one. We're talking, like, realistic for the common folk like we are. Here are the power moves. See, and I think there's a fine line between a power move and a dickhead move. Technically, speeding up to the exit and then jamming your way in ahead of a bunch of cars that are backed up technically it's a power move but i think that's more of a more of a dick move more of a dickhead move so why don't why don't you give me why don't you give me power move number three how many do you have so i wasn't even i i couldn't even rank these i think we just this is just a discussion because there's a town hall tonight with the presidents i say we almost do like a town a town hall of power rankings so i i think a, a huge power move is when you go to like a bar or restaurant and you say i know a guy and okay. you either you either get in, you know, you you dap them up at the door, and you get all your buddies in, or you you know the chef, and he brings you like the secret menu. You know, a lot of people say they know a guy, and then they go to the front door, and then they have to slink back to the end of yeah, the line, get shut down, because you don't actually know him. But if you know that guy, and you can dap him up, and you you know you do the wave from the back of the line, you get all your buddies in, and they, you kind of just wink at them, and maybe knucks him on the way, and I think that's a huge power move. Absolute power move. I will also say linking off of that. I have, and this is very simple, a lot of people can and have done this, but I think just ordering a round of drinks at the bar is a big power move. Just like, you know what, guys? Throwing that card down. Guys, this one's on me, especially because when you're at a bar, you know, we experienced this at the TAM, you have no idea what they're charging for drinks there. They're a vodka Red Bull, you know, at Funnies in St. Louis Park could be $5, and then you're 
you know, in Boston, Massachusetts, and it's twelve dollars yep. a drink. Like you don't know. You're just like, you know what? I want everyone here to have fun. I just got a raise. I, or you got I paid just, that day. That's a big one. You got paid on the Friday. I got and you're paid. Going out. I just want a big bet. Something you're just like, you know what? I am going to pay for this round. So me and my friends and their significant others can have a great night. So we tied them both in there. Restaurant, saying you know a guy at the bar buying a round. There's that's a pretty big power move, especially for people our age and our demographic in this like day and time. I feel like buying a round. Very impressive. Passing those. Nothing better feeling than, you know, you're kind of maybe shimmy up to the bar first. Your boys are behind you. And then you just start passing drinks back. And you're like, oh, now Joe I, bought me a drink. All now, right, now let's go. Now I, I will say I have been there when someone in my party whose name rhymes with Shmian has purchased a round of tequila shots but did not bring any salt or lime, so it was basically warm tequila. Probably bought the worst Cuervo you can ever buy. Yeah, too. warm tequila in a shooter. That, while it is a power move, not thrilled about it. Uh, but anyways, what is what is your next power move? Do you have more? I'm yes, assuming? I do. Uh, I'd say a huge power move is when you get into an argument with somebody and you've just absolutely boxed them up into an absolute corner and they'd have nothing left to say. You've proven every point of theirs wrong. It's the biggest power move of all time. They just... When they, even when they admit I was wrong or you're right, it's the biggest power move you can ever do. And you just you, you almost want to pat yourself on the back because you've just proven every one of their dumb points wrong. Well, it almost gets awkward at that point, too, because you really don't have anything left that you want or can say. It's just like you've proven my point. Like, thank you for doing so. Uh, I, I can't say that I personally have had that experience a ton just because... Uh, I don't know like any arguments off the top of my we head. We tend where to I, like uh, lay down the n- hammer. I'm like, not oh. not trying to like put people in corners, but I'd say we, you know, Scotch maybe a guy named Scotch or maybe a guy named Ray. I'd say we kind of box him up sometimes, box. maybe. But uh, you know, sometimes it just feels good to you know, it feels good to win one. That's what they say. I think. So uh, we spoke of traveling earlier, kind of switching gears, same concept, same topic. Uh, so if you're on the window seat. You have like the edge Ooh. of the plane to lay on. You got the window. If you're on the aisle seat, you have like the leg room. You can kind of stretch out a little bit. If you're in the middle seat, absolute power move to dominate both armrests. Like you just put your arms on. You're like, ah, you know what? The middle seat has no redeeming qualities. Obviously not the most applicable right now. But you're in the middle seat. You're like, I'm using both of these armrests. I'm making myself as comfy as possible in the middle seat here. And, you know... What are you supposed to do? Elbow someone's arm off the... You, there's, there's nothing you can do. That, that is the ultimate power move. And not even giving them like... Sometimes if I'm in the middle, unfortunately, you, you know, you give them the front of the armrest. Maybe you take the back. Just to lay the, the forearms down and not even give them a, a, an inch. That, I mean, that's that might be the biggest power move of all time. And I think an honorable mention, which is not on my list, but an honorable mention would also be reclining your airline seat. Yeah, I think that's almost going into the dick move. Though. That is yeah. the asshole territory, yep. especially for people like us that are six foot three. Getting the knees jammed into the yeah. chest, basically. I mean, the person in front of me on the way to Boston might as well have been six foot ten, four hundred pounds with how much that person was shifting in their seat. But I will say, if you know, if you throw both arms down on the uh, on the armrest in the middle seat. You know, it's a power move because 
who's ever going to say anything? Who's you're ever going to be like, hey, start can... like arguing with the, with the elbows? Yeah. Like yeah. who's ever going to say, hey, can I get this armrest? Can I like can, you know can I get a get a little relief from my right or forearm? No, it's not going to happen. So that that is my power move move number two. Or I guess we're not ranking them, but the second thing I have on my list for you, uh, I'd say one of the bigger power moves you can ever do, and this is not as applicable now it shows our age but i would say walking into a party and taking over the ox cord oh yeah when you or even just taking over the ox cord in general when you plug those that phone in and you just say this party is now mine this is my playlist and you play the hard beats i mean you've basically taken the party over and you can it can either go one of two ways it can either go what the fuck music is this or holy shit these are some good songs it's a ballsy move because especially if you don't necessarily know the party you know and i know sometimes i've i've been there before someone's like hey do you want to play the music i'm like no absolutely we have and you're right in that because when we used to have our shindigs when covid wasn't a thing we would be going from like a rap song to like Maybe like a Lord of the Rings soundtrack share. song to like share. Like we were all over the place. So it's like sometimes people are like, hey, you want to hop in and play music? And you're like, you know what? No, I don't. That's a lot of pressure right now. But there's there's other times where you're in the zone. You're like, all right, there's some songs I want to hear. I'm going to plug in. I'm going to play, play this music. And if it goes well, that is a big power. Plus with the aux cord situation, this, you know, this is a couple years back. You have to basically let your phone be by itself. You can't be on your phone. You're giving up your phone for the night. Absolutely. And you're just playing the song. So the power move is you're going to chat with people. Not only that, but you have to you have to trust that your playlist is going to roll into a song you want. Now, Absolutely. with it being uh, Bluetooth, you can kind of hold on to your phone. But you still have to trust that that next song isn't going to basically turn the party right. upside down. The last thing I have, and this pisses me off, so it is teetering on the verge of a, a, an asshole move, but people who weave in and out of traffic and do not use their turn signal, people who just act like the road is theirs, there's not other cars out there, like this is their highway, it's you know, the life is their highway, they're going to ride it all night long. Yeah. People absolutely have that power move where they're just like, all right, I'm going right lane to center lane to left lane to center lane to right lane to center to right. They're bouncing all over the place. Don't bother to let anyone else know what they're doing. It is their road. They're on it. They're cruising, and they don't give a fuck about any of the cars around them. To be honest, I think the fine line falls between a power move and a dickhead move. I think if you're driving like a Porsche or like an Audi, something where you're, like you're swinging your big dick around, I think if you're weaving out of traffic, then you're a dickhead. If you're just driving a normal-ass car kind of doing that, it you just, that means you just don't give a fuck. That, I think that's where the power move Unfortunately, falls. Unfortunately, the only two types of vehicles I see doing this are the super nice ones where there's a guy or a woman trying to impress other people. Driving the Mercedes. And the yeah. Audi, the Mercedes uh the bmw or it's a beater car that people are like if someone rear ends me i don't care i'm probably coming out yeah, the green seriously. so i don't i don't care at all so to me that is a big power move and i hate to admit that because i absolutely cannot stand when people do that i cannot stand when people just act like the road is theirs and move in and out of lanes and whatnot so that is my list of power moves did you have anything else any honorable mentions 
No, the airport uh, or the airport, the airplane armrest, that's that's huge. I mean, that that is walking into the plane saying, I'm taking over this seat, whether you like it or not. Little guy, lean up your head against the window because the power, I'm putting these elbows here and they're not moving. Yeah. It's, that's, a, that's a big one. Yeah. And I, I mean, I am personally a big fan right now of the open middle seat. It just adds like an extra place to put things down if you need to. I mean, I hope, again, the coronavirus sucks. A lot of people are going through some shit. It really sucks for those that have lost loved ones. It's not ideal for um, people who have underlying health conditions. But from a traveling standpoint, the quick lines, no one in the middle seat, very, very enjoyable. So uh, that was tonight's episode. This I think, I know, we've said this before. I think tonight was one of our better episodes. We were, I think we were, we were riffing. Conci- we were concise. We were riffing. Yep. We were going back and forth. We were bouncing off each other. Pippa was slumbering away for. I'd her say birthday. a power move is Pippa just waking up in the middle of our podcast, going and just drinking the water, and then just going back and sitting down. Yeah, it's her birthday. She will do what she wants to. Do you have anything else for uh, me? It friend? was it was Bailey D from Roger's birthday on Tuesday. Happy nineteenth, B Money. Uh, I love you and. Uh, your boyfriend will be on the podcast next week. Shout out, B-Money. Happy birthday. Please hit that music, and I'm not talking about happy birthday. Happy birthday.